0: Previously on Whistleblower.
1: You know, the NBA game is more of a form of entertainment. It's not really a true athletic competition. Once I got to come to understand that, I was better suited to be a ref in the NBA.
2: Delaware County is a haven for bookmakers and bettors and everything
0: that comes with that. Do you remember where you were when Tim told you that he can influence a game six points either way?
2: He told me over the phone, but I remember him telling me that.
0: How... 100%
2: and we did have a couple of Scott's games that Donaghy gave us That didn't win like I left two losses out of my book because they were Scott Foster's games But uh, was Scott Foster involved uh, does Tim say he was involved? I don't know, but I do know he, he talked to Foster before pretty much every game
1: listen in our gambling operation It was all about the line it's, it's not about who wins or lose, it's about the line. And so, if you have an NBA referee working with you that can move the point spread to your advantage, that's huge. I question every game and almost every call because I know the way it goes. And I certainly question garbage points at the end. That's where
0: that's the money gets made. Well, let's go back to Petro's report section of that report aims to debunk an article from July Fourteenth, two 2008, that called into question your relationship with your friend and fellow referee, Scott Foster. Are you familiar with that section?
1: Not really, no, go ahead.
0: In that section of the Pedowitz Report, it traces a series of phone calls that you made with Scott Foster. Foster said most of these calls were to kill time. Is that accurate?
1: It is, I mean, it was a situation where, you know, when you're in a hotel room and you have nothing to do, you're bored, We'd call each other a couple times a day, and when we are sitting around, we'd call each other just to see what was going on.
0: What did the scandal do to your relationship with with Scott Foster?
1: Oh, it totally ruined it. You know, I remember the last time I talked to him, I knew I was in trouble, and it wasn't in the news yet, and I was supposed to go up to his country club to play in a member guest, and I called him and told him I couldn't make it. And he was, like, in shock, and two or three days later is when the news came out, and we just never spoke again.
0: He's never asked you for any explanations, why'd you do this,
1: nothing? Nothing, never, never spoke to him. how's does that make you feel? Yeah, he was a good friend, yeah, it's tough, but you know, of course he has a job to do in the NBA and and I did something that I shouldn't have done. and. He can't jeopardize his job by speaking to me, so, you know, I don't blame him one bit.
0: So, Scott, for the games that he was refing, were you asking specific questions about the games? Did he have any biases towards players that you were trying to extract during those conversations and understand to better? No, th-
1: there were times when we would talk about, you know, different situations with different players, and if I felt that it was gonna affect the game that night in some way, I would tell, you know, Tommy or Jack about the games.
0: But it's interesting, I mean, Tim, that you don't hold any bitterness towards these guys at all.
1: You know, what what can I do? I should have never been doing it. Nobody twisted my arm to do it. You know, I I did it. So what am I going to do?
0: Choices, consequences, the stakes are high, and sometimes one choice makes all the difference. I'm Tim Livingston, and this is Whistleblower. Episode 4, Choose Wisely.
2: The big lying point was that Donaghy was threatened by Batista. The fact of the matter is, he wasn't. But Tim asked me to back him up, you know, on that. So I always have to say, I never threaten him, but I don't know What happened to, uh, with, with Timmy and Batista when I wasn't around, but I, I was never not around. Yeah, Tim would be pissed if he heard that.
0: It's been a month since that car ride and our trip to Sarasota where we met up with Tim Donahue and Tommy Martino. Going into Sarasota, I never thought we'd get actual evidence about how Tim Donahue fixed games. Did I believe Donahue could referee a game with incredible amounts of money on the line and not make calls to benefit his bet? Of course not. But I thought the more interesting angle was that nobody would ever be able to prove that. I thought because NBA refereeing is so subjective, Donahue would always be able to live in the gray area between fixing and manipulating. I was wrong. I still believe Donahue on certain things, but when it comes to the betting side of the scandal, the money, the relationships, the rise, and the fall, Sarasota proved that Donahue's not the character we need to be following. The inside information we need was going to come from that trip's afterthought. The last minute addition, Tommy Martino. You want to check mine, Cole? I got
1: to turn left on Middle
0: Road up here. Six left. 19, right? I did. Was that one? Oh, yeah. So Doug and I, with our fellow producer Cole, made a trip to visit Tommy at his home in Delaware County. We're not sure what we're going to get from Tommy, but we know that he has more to say. We step inside Tommy's house, your standard two-story suburban home, and meet his wife, Ashley.
2: Here's Ashley.
0: Tommy's dog and son, Tommy Jr., are running around the house. They haven't done. That is so tall. He knows you guys He's like sure. The last person we meet is Tommy Martino's father, Charles Martino. Mr. Martino, thank yeah. you again for joining us. I'm ready anytime
3: you guys are.
0: <laughs> Charles is clearly all business. and With a polo tucked into slacks, Charles strikes quite the contrast to Tommy, who sports acid washed jeans, slick back hair, and what I'll describe as loud sneakers. Charles is quiet, polite, and professorial, which as we'd soon find out, makes a lot of sense.
3: I have a bachelor's, master's, PhD in mathematics, engineering mathematics. Actually, I started out teaching because I didn't know what I wanted to do when I got out of college. I was doing graduate work at at Villanova. Mr.
0: Ronsi, what was your title? Were you an aerospace engineer?
3: I was a senior design engineer. What was, I I taught um, finite math, Calc, uh, differential integral, advanced calc, and engineering mathematics, they were the courses I taught.
0: Charles Martino, a brilliant engineer, and his son, Tommy, who despite being stylistically independent from his father, was a college-educated IT specialist who spent 20 years at J.P. Morgan. How did this family get wrapped up in this scandal? Charles watched all three boys, Timmy, Tommy, and Batista, grow up in Delaware County. Here's what he had to say about each of them.
3: Well... Let me start with Timmy Dunaghy. Timmy started out as a bit of a player with a very short temper and a penchant for wanting to get revenge for anything that he perceived as having been done to him where he was wrong. And if I were to fast forward to the present, and I think Tommy would corroborate this, he's turned over a new leaf. uh, He's all about his family. Uh, He's all about pretty much honesty. And I'm uh, kind of proud to know him right now. That would be Timmy.
0: Pretty much honesty. I'd say that's pretty accurate.
3: As far as Baba, now going back to his childhood, I knew his parents. His parents were probably some of the strictest individuals and the most religious that I've known in quite some time. And as such, they held very tight reins on Jimmy. He would have been the last person that you would have expected to get involved into anything that was illegal or unethical. But I think because of those strict reins they held on Jimmy, he revolted. And he got into, early on, into bookmaking. And of course, that led to involvement with some very, very shady characters. And as a consequence of that, he drew my son into that situation to his detriment as well. As far as Tommy, Good kid, very, very bright, all about family-oriented. But he made a serious mistake in getting involved. That's the one thing that disappointed me extremely in it. Either he got talked into it or it looked like a fast buck. Anyway, he dropped his guard, he got involved. Even though he was more of the bag man than being anything central in the scandal, he suffered the same punishments as everybody else.
0: Tommy actually got slightly less time, a year and a day, than Donahue Batista who each received 15 months. I had no idea that Batista grew up in a strict religious home. And even though Charles is clearly biased as Tommy's father, it's hard to argue that his son got dragged into this mess by Batista. Talk about this community. Talk about gambling in this community.
3: When we initially started in Delaware County, you never heard of a bookie, but as it evolved, it seemed like everybody was involved with some bookie. And occasionally you hear about one of the books being confiscated by the police and the guy going to jail, that type of thing. So there became a certain element that didn't exist when we initially moved in. And they were known by almost everybody to have mob connections or gambling connections. You could always place a bet. And, and there are stories associated with, there were certain restaurants or certain produce stores that were run by a mob that had a local person that would front for it. But if that particular person, and I had one person in mind, did not fulfill his obligation with respect to that, he was in trouble. One of my friends had his legs broken and sent and left at the Philadelphia airport. A friend of mine was shot on Market Street in the head. Okay, How's that for intensity?
0: So that rapid proliferation of betting in the 80s, that's when these boys were growing up.
3: I think it started out, out as fairly harmless betting. Well, I'll tell you this much, okay? These guys, donaghy Batista, Tommy, just to give you a kind of a picture of how competitive these guys were, they played in the Catholic CYO, they played basketball, they played football, street football, kicked can you name it everything was about competition which naturally led to an easy acceptance of gambling risk thrill and that became just like anything else there comes a time when the competition doesn't do it for you anymore right it's like any kind of of an aberration I guess that competition doesn't provide the thrill for you anymore so you need a bigger thrill right? what was the bigger thrill the gambling
0: Charles watched as Delaware County transitioned from a sleepy suburb into a gambling hotbed. He was there every step of the way, as the boys went from competitive kids to gambling teenagers to imprisoned adults. I wanted to know from Charles how the scandal affected his relationship with his son.
3: I'm going to be honest with you, and probably sound corny. I don't think we could get any closer no matter what. It's a glass that's full. You add a little more water, it just spills over, you got the same quantity of liquid in there. I mean that sincerely, I really, really do. It's all about my kids, my family. Always has been. I always tell, cho- what's I've always told you, Tommy? Choose what? Tell me what I tell you. Choose, oh, choose wisely. Choose wisely, my son. Choose wisely, my son, yeah.
0: Choose wisely. An appropriate segue for our real purpose in Philadelphia. Yes. We're going to take time to a basketball game. Nice. Who's going to win? So the
2: Sixers are going to win. Are you sure? Yes. But win by how much?
0: The Sixers were playing the Denver Nuggets that evening, and since we're doing a podcast about sports betting, we wanted to put some money on the game and watch it unfold in person. Doug had never placed a sports bet and thought we were going to put fifty, maybe a hundred dollars in the game. Cole and I had other ideas. When the betting line opened the Sixers were favored by four points. But by the time we got to Tommy's house, the line had ballooned to Sixers by five and a half. Five and a half. means
2: the wise guys are all over the Sixers.
0: On one hand, the Sixers were undefeated at home, 12-0, and had won their previous two games, both at home, by a combined 53 points. On the other hand, Denver was good, one of the best teams in the Western Conference with a 14-7 record. They'd also beaten the Sixers earlier in the season in Denver. I felt confident that Philadelphia was going to win, but by at least six points, this wasn't going to be an easy choice.
2: All right, so I have a Okay, let's, wedding, wedding. Tommy, so, how sorry.
0: how do we go about doing this? Okay, where, where do we yes. For real? Or no, real? For real, for
2: real. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Can
1: we do
0: that?
2: Yeah, I mean, of course. Usually they just use sites now, but you want to sure. call. So I have a guy that calls me and puts bets in. Like there's few and far between anymore. But now that there's sites, you just give somebody a number. So like, there's no more of the call person and put a bet in. Oh. So tell
4: me this, let's say it was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. How would we go about doing it? you
2: call a phone number. And then? Guy would answer, He'd say, this is your number. They, get, they have a number then. My was 531. You- I would call and say, this is- I wouldn't even say my name. I would just say my number. 531. They say, hey, high 531. What's up? I say, what's the spread on this game? You give it to me. Give me a hundred on that. What's the spread on this game? Give me, let me you You would
4: it. never do it in person. You would do it on the phone?
2: Over the phone. Never in person.
4: Have you ever done an in-person bet?
2: No. You do can't. they have, like, yeah, like down off-track dollar track betting kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, it's right up the street. Is that what it's like? It's an That's off-track red... betting, like, hole in the wall? No, it's beautiful. Oh, really? Yeah, they got all kinds of big screen TVs like all of these, like, 10 of these that make up one. It's a casino, yeah, and they have horse racing outside.
0: Tommy went to prison for gambling, but did he stop betting when he got out? Of Course not. Delaware County, baby.
4: Is that where a lot of, like, Delco people go to
0: bet? Or yes. do they just use this?
2: So they go there or Harris, which is right across the river. Okay. Do you
0: guys want to place the bets? Where? Our bets We got time. It's like 515. Let's go fucking Harris. Yeah.
4: All right, so the boys are going to fucking Harris. God bless them. The point spread on the Sixers is at five and a half. Let's see how badly they could fuck this up. Okay, this is is huge. So wait, are we sure we want to bet on Philly here? Yeah. The casino is a massive sprawling complex, an entire city block with over 100,000 square feet of gaming space. It's situated right next to an ominous, archaic prison. But sure, it's beautiful.
0: All right, there we go. They got a five and a half now. Okay, so what up? Five and a half? You should have bet when it was four and a
2: half. Not gonna matter. Should
4: have bet when it was four. four? No shit, boys. Four would have been a breeze to cover. I'm I'm already sweating. You gotta put five on it. We don't have 500? We have to put five on it. Now you're talking, Cole. Mm -hmm. Go big or get the fuck out of Philly. What's the payoff? The payout, Doug, if you bet against the spread, you win $90 for every $100 you wager. So, if you bet $500 and the Sixers win by six points, You'd be sitting pretty with a four hundred and fifty dollar win. What's
1: that? Four fifty.
2: So
4: if we bet five hundred, we could net four fifty.
1: Yeah, walk out with four hundred fifty extra dollars. So walk out with nine fifty.
0: It's legal. Yeah, it's legal. This is legal.
4: Of course, it's legal. You fucking amateurs. And and Philly lost to Denver at Denver two weeks ago.
0: Yeah. See, that's the thing. These Denver teams are gonna play clubs. So unless, unless Philly comes out and just kills him. And nationally televised game, they <laughs> want it to be tight. <laughs> do oh, we you want cars. Denver? Oh no. I can I can see Philly whooping ass in this game are really cool. I think they're gonna come out. Denver's really fucking good though. I don't know. Uh, so what should we do? I don't know what to do. Yeah. Oh Christ. Uh, this is so this is not easy. This is We froze. Yeah. We completely I froze
4: you guys. Got, you okay. guys were good and I made I kept asking questions and you
0: no, flipped. We've, here. we've already flipped. You flipped. We were on the way on the way here this is this. getting we sad. Froze. We were ready. Absolutely.
4: Thank God. Bring us some wisdom.
2: Choose wisely, Martino. So, you guys just, we're going to bet Denver? Five and a half's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. Go ahead, do it. You guys do But you think Philly. You still think Philly. You think yeah. it's going to be a route, don't you? I think the Sixers are going to cover the spread. It's either going to be a route or they're going to keep it close.
0: Right. But, then Denver and Sixers. We think Sixers are going to win. Yeah. I think we all agree. Yeah. I think it's
4: not bad advice from the man who helped run a multi-million-dollar gambling scam. Why don't we just go with Tommy's lead, or call his BFF, the referee, the guy who could shave points with a butter knife.
2: Tons. Right? Yeah. Who's gonna win tonight? The spreads five and a half. Five and a half. Well, these guys mm-hmm. might want to go with Denver, so we said let's let Donaghy tell us who he likes.
1: I like uh, uh, sixers.
4: There you go. Let's lock in this bet. Right,
0: we're going to Philly. So we're doing Philly? Minus yeah.
1: five and a half? Yep. All right. I don't know. Sixers? Okay. Sixers to cover.
4: Sixers to cover. It's game time, baby.
5: We welcome you from Philadelphia, PA. It's the NBA, and it is East versus West tonight. Two contenders squaring off. It's the Denver Nuggets and the Philadelphia 76ers.
0: We walk into the Wells Fargo Center, grab beers and some arena cheesesteaks, which, surprisingly, are still pretty good, and find our way to our seats. We have $500 in the line, so we're anxious, and that feeling only intensifies when we get some news right before tip-off. This game is being refereed by an official we know well.
5: Scott Foster will put it in the air, and the tap belongs to the Denver Nuggets, and away we go.
0: One thing about Scott Foster, he's notoriously liberal with the whistle. When he's repping, expect fouls. A lot of them.
5: Right, we learned the hoop for that one.
3: Buster?
0: Yeah. Is he repping?
5: Yeah. Find Scott, another three ball is up, and another three ball is down. A lot Sixers of good have, a have a lead.
0: The Sixers start out sluggish, but close the first quarter strong. They're only down by one, 27 to 26. Most of Denver's points have come from one player, Will Barton. The
2: story of this game so far for the Denver Nuggets has been all about Will Barton. He has been absolutely on fire. I spoke with him today.
0: There were 10 fouls in the first quarter, but nothing stood out as an egregious miscall. Draws a contact, good call there. So far, the refs are calling a bounce game.
5: strength for the Nuggets. There's Tobias Harris. Answers with a three of his own, and they're all raining down here in the second quarter.
0: The second quarter has been all Sixers. With 7:35 left until halftime, Phillies up 46 to 33. The Sixers by five and a half looks like a great bet, but then things start to take a turn.
5: Three consecutive turnovers for the Sixers. Seven turnovers for Philadelphia.
0: Turnover after turnover. Come on, Philly. In the blink of an eye, the lead is cut to six. It's a little over two minutes remaining in the half. The momentum has completely shifted. Is this too close for comfort or what? Yeah, this is going to be brutal. Oh. All right, breathe. Sixers are up by five to half, which means they're on pace to win by 10 and. We're on pace to win our bet. Philadelphia
5: by five. We got this. Scores the layup. It's another oh, turnover that oh, turns oh, into oh. two more points for Denver. Turnovers. No.
0: turnovers, missed free throws, brick threes. The Sixers are falling apart.
5: Come on, guys. Make a shot. Shot clock down to seven. Harris turns the corner. Two-man game with Jokic. Harris comes up short with a floater. Simmons on the run. Got numbers here. Thibault flying high. Two-handed jam.
0: Philly increases the lead to six late in the third quarter. Sauna levels of sweat right now. Oh my God. Oh, you fucking kidding oh me. The Sixers have a five point lead heading into the fourth quarter. Denver won't go away. The hope that Philly would turn this into a blowout is gone. Now, we're praying they can eke out a six point win.
5: Points tonight. Nuggets got to go quickly now, five point game.
0: The game keeps going back and forth. One possession, our bet is winning. The next, we're losing.
2: Go, go, quick. Quick.
0: Philly's up by seven, but for us, they're up by a point and a half. One Denver bucket, and our bet is lost.
5: Looming, a swipe down, missed it. Leaves Horford open, now Horford on the take. Gives it up, Embiid, a pump fake, and wave it off. No basket, shot clock violation.
0: A shot clock violation with a minute 27 left in the game? You have to be kidding me.
5: Here's Jokic with Embiid on him. He scores the two, and a one possession game. Shot clock is off. Timeout on the floor. Just under 19 to go in regulation.
0: The Nuggets quickly foul Embiid, who sinks two free throws. Now it's Nuggets ball, Philly up five, 15 seconds to go. We're not in great shape, but we definitely have a chance. What we need is simple. If Denver misses, they'll immediately foul the Sixers to try and extend the game. All we need is one beautiful garbage point. Two
5: points tonight. Nuggets got to go quickly now. Five point game. Barton puts up a three.
0: Sixer center Joel Embiid grabbed Will Barton's miss with almost seven seconds left on the clock. The Nuggets immediately and blatantly tried to foul him right in front of Scott Foster. Foul! And the league's most whistle happy fucking ref swallows his whistle. Oh, and no foul.
5: No foul given. Embiid will dribble it out, and the Philadelphia 76ers go to 13 and 0 on their home floor.
0: Embiid is an 81% free throw shooter. The chances of him missing both? Slim to none. 97.92.
5: 5. Point Philadelphia win. And
0: the Sixers won by five, and all the Philly fans are leaving the arena happy, except us. If Tim were ref that same scenario, but Tim is foster, and the He'd spread's foster, he would have blown the whistle.
2: Yeah, and he always says, foul's for foul. For extra point, there it is.
0: Easy money, and nobody, and nobody would have him. The next day, we went to a different casino, Delaware Park, where Tommy made his NFL bets for the week. It was a cold and windy day, so please pardon the background noise. As we were leaving in the parking lot, Tommy got a call from who else? Tim Donahue.
2: Donahue! Hey. Should I put him on the yeah, FaceTime speaker? Yeah. Yeah. Tim, hold on. All right. Dun's.
3: <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Thought Dun's. You got them and you don't need me now. Is that why? <laughs>
2: so we're on our we're on our way home. My dad did a The little uh, interview with the guys and. Oh, nice. Yeah, he did a good job. He said a lot of nice things about you. Well, what the fuck? What are you expecting? Them? Yeah, obviously he's going to say nothing. Right? Yeah, what are you doing, Duns? You sure. you Hey, right? Sixers didn't cover last night.
0: Dude, they I killed us. I
2: <laughs> 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 so, Fun. so said um, Joel Embiid gets the rebound at the end of the game, and they... They're fouling the shit out of them for so to put them to the line because it was like six seconds ago. The rest swallowed their whistle instead of calling a foul because they wanted to get the hell out of there. And it would have covered you, the spread. Did you see how much? Yeah, your boy. Yeah. I said, you know, I told Tim, I said, Timmy would've fucking blew the whistle right there for us. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. Right? There you go. Put it right over the spread. Woo!
2: We'd have been
0: happy campers. Next time on Whistleblower.
5: Referees are human. And people got to understand these are not computers out there refereeing the game. These are human people that have human problems.
3: In my view, the last thing that the NBA would have wanted is Tim on the stand talking about everything he had proffered
1: on. In this case, the only thing that I thought we had in leverage was I knew that nobody wanted this to become a circus because it could easily have turned into that.
3: The bottom line is when Murray Weiss ran that article, the whole investigation came to a crashing halt.
0: So I hung up the phone and I called the editor of the paper, and I told him that I'd gotten confirmation of the story. I said to him, however, that
1: uh, the FBI indicated to me that people's lives might be at stake.
5: I looked at who wrote the article. It was Murray Weiss. I have his number, call him Murray, and I start screaming at him, you SOB, you, you whore. And he goes, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And I go, listen, you're instructing
3: justice. This is big business, and the question is, Is it being acted out fairly?
0: Whistleblower is a production of Tenderfoot TV and Whistleblower Media, in association with Cadence 13. Donald Albright and Payne Lindsey are executive producers on behalf of Tenderfoot TV. Myself and Doug Matica are creators and executive producers on behalf of Whistleblower Media. Our co-executive producer is Cole Ocasio. Our lead producer is Alex Vespested. Co-producers are Mason Lindsey, Matt Keller, and Paul Kasheri. Sound design mixing and mastering by Cooper Skinner. Additional mixing by Devin Johnson. Original music is by Makeup and Vanity Set. Cover design and illustration by Mr. Soul. Special thanks to Oren Rosenbaum and Grace Royer at UTA, Ryan Nord and the Nord Group, Beck Media and Marketing, Station 16, Paul Anderson and Nick Panella of Workhouse Media, Max Hacker and John Bogakis, the teams at Tenderfoot TV and Cadence 13, and to Michael Imperioli. Check out his new podcast, Talking Sopranos, wherever you get your podcasts. Lastly, thank you to Liz Livingston and Tali Ravide for your invaluable insights and for never letting us give up on this story. For more information about the podcast, visit whistleblowerpod.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, five stars preferably, and review. Thanks.